to those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, to members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message for this morning is the second reading or the epistle for this second Sunday after Epiphany, uh, recorded in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6. You heard this read before. Just recall these few words from that reading. Stay away from sexual sins. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who with all purity redeemed us and claimed us as his dear children, my beloved. Warning! The word of God upon, uh, about which you are going to hear this morning, according to the secular standards of our world, is neither politically correct nor socially acceptable. All the three readings this morning remind us that uh, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are like lights in the world, shining into the darkness. The first reading that we heard for this Sunday was Samuel. He was called. And what he was actually, if you read uh, further on into to, uh, the book of First Samuel, you find out that God was calling him away from being a mere temple helper to being a prophet. And I don't know about you, but if I was called to be a prophet uh, in the Old Testament, I would say, I don't want that job. Because people didn't like to listen to what you had to say. And then Philip and Nathaniel were called by Jesus away from their fishing industry. He said, you're not going to be fishermen anymore. You're going to be fisher of, fishers of men. And it isn't going to be an easy job. You and I are called also by our Lord God. You were called at your baptism to be a child of God to be a light shining into the darkness of unbelief. And as such, God calls you to be different than the people of the unbelieving world. We are different. We are believers, and God is our Father, and God is our brother. Now, St. Paul was speaking to uh, some Christians in the Greek city of Corinth. Now, you have to understand that... um, St. Paul founded this congregation, and he was there for a year and a half, and then he left, and then all sorts of problems broke out in that congregation. But the point is that these were new believing Christians, most of whom were Gentiles or non-Jews. This was the first time they've heard anything about this Jesus Christ who died and rose again to take away all of their sins. The problem was in the congregation that there was a whole multitude of different problems Uh, one idea that was infiltrating the uh, the congregation was that liberty equals license. Because when Paul came to that congregation, he spoke about the freedom that they had in Christ. The freedom from the punishment of sins uh, because their sins had all been forgiven. The freedom of having to look forward to who knows what. But now they could look forward to eternal life in heaven. They were even free from the Old Testament laws. 
no dietary restrictions, no restrictions of alcoholic beverages, no worship restrictions, no restrictions at all except those that might be harmful to the body or the soul according to God's will. But still, some members of the congregation turned liberty into license. And they rationalized, well, you know, if Jesus took away all of our sins, and that's all taken care of, then we can live any way that we want. Now, the big temptation in the city of Corinth with these new Christians, and this was their hometown, was to fornication or sexual perversion. The city of Corinth was a port city, and there were sailors coming in and out. My wife and I had the great privilege years back to take a trip uh, to uh, Greece. And uh, we called the, the trip the, uh, In the Footsteps of St. Paul. And we went to Athens and we went to Corinth right here. And we went to Ephesus, another place where St. Paul founded the congregation. And um, to paint a picture, on just about every street corner in that city, there was a three-dimensional male statue in lewd and graphic way pointing to the nearest brothel. In the Greek world, there were a whole lot of temples, temples of love and temples of fertility. And the men were encouraged to visit the temple priestesses who were prostitutes. In fact, it was so common that a businessman coming into Corinth might uh, go out for lunch then visit the brothel, and then go on his way to his business meeting. Fornication with the temple prostitutes was as common, again, as having lunch. Normal activity of society. And then they argued to St. Paul that, well, you know, isn't the sexual appetite a whole lot like your hunger appetite? I mean, food for the stomach, stomach for food. In the same way, isn't the body made for fornication? St. Paul said, not at all. In fact, the bodily digestive functions are going to end once we get to heaven. Your relationship with your body is not with fornication, but with the Lord Jesus Christ. Your body is for the Lord. Your body is not separate from the soul. I mean, isn't that what makes us human? Body and soul together. But some were saying, well, when it comes to the matters of the soul, that's all taken care of. So we can do anything that we want with our body. St. Paul said, no, the soul and the body are united. That's what makes us human. And what you do with your body will ultimately affect your soul. In fact, when you frequent the prostitutes, you become one with them. And how can you, a Christian member of the body of Christ, give your body away to become one with a prostitute? I mean, that would be as bad as a husband who says he loves his wife, goes out and has sexual relationships with another woman. He defiles the relationship. In fact, that's a picture that God paints throughout of Scripture, that we are Christ's bride, and he is the bridegroom, Old Testament and New and he doesn't want any of us going a-whoring after prostitutes, prostitutes of false religion, 
stay away from sexual sins, St. Paul says. By now, some of you might be saying, well, Pastor, all these words that you're talking about from 1 Corinthians, isn't that all to do with uh, uh, healthy uh, boys and men? I mean, after all, they would be the only ones that would frequent prostitutes. Jesus said, you have heard it said, never commit adultery, but I can guarantee this, that whoever looks at a woman or desires her has already committed adultery in his heart. This uh, sermon this morning is not just meant for the guys. It's meant for everyone. I mean, did you ever think about what age we're living in today? What is abnormal is being passed off as perfectly normal. Gay rights. Redefinition of marriage. Redefinition of the family. What is the family? Why, it's any two or three people, no matter what their gender, who live under the same roof. Whether or not they're married doesn't make any difference. Homosexuality, bisexuality, extramarital sex, having an affair, premarital sex, cohabitation without a lifelong commitment, internet porn, kitty porn. We are all affected by it. Some of those things would 20 and 25 years ago would absolutely shock us. Today, the devil has desensitized us. Now, I suppose this morning we could go about doing some moralizing and say, well, the reason for not indulging in all these things is uh, if you stay away from it and and, and abstinence, then you don't have to worry about HIV. Um, You don't have to worry about genital herpes or syphilis or other sexually transmitted diseases. And if uh, you maintain abstinence, then there will be a whole lot less unwanted pregnancies. All we need, after all, isn't it true, is a little more sex education in our schools, and that will solve all our problems. That is not the Christian motivation for fleeing fornication. The motivation is not to stop unwanted diseases or unwanted pregnancies. The only God-pleasing use for God's gift of sex is between one man and one woman in a monogamous relationship with a lifetime commitment. And why use God's gift according to his purpose? Because St. Paul says you are his temple. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. When you were called to faith, the Holy Spirit moved in and took over your life. You know, if you go out and rent a house, you can't do anything to that house. The landlord's going to make you move out. You can't do anything to your body. The Holy Spirit might move out, and that's the big danger. Also, your body, St. Paul says, is not your own. You were bought with a price. That's a picture of a slave on a slave block. And somebody comes along and pays the price so the person can go free. The price that Jesus paid to make you and me free from all of our sins and its punishment was his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. Our body is not our own. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we want to use our bodies not to please ourselves, but to please our God. Okay, pastor, how do you do that? 
Well, don't live together without the benefit of marriage. Don't live together until you're ready to make a commitment and cement it with marriage vows. No premarital sex, no extramarital sex. Not going to dark places on the internet. Be proactive. Don't let your children go to movies that you say, oh, they're not good for them. Well, if they're not good for them, it's not good for you. The same way with TV. Know what the kids are doing on their laptop and on their smartphones. Check them out once in a while. Know who the kids' friends are. Dress modestly, not provocatively. You know, when it comes to sex education, I still remember my mom. All right, and, and then she taught us that, so my wife and I did this too. When our kids got to be 13 or 14, we'd go to Concordia Publishing House and buy a Christian sex education book and put it under their pillow. And then you can check it the next day under the pillow. If it's gone, you know they're reading it. And I remember sometimes the next day they would say, Ah, oh, Dad, I knew all that stuff already. I said, But you didn't know the scriptural and the spiritual. We live in a world where sexual perversion is viewed as normal. St. Paul says, stay away from sexual sins. Teach your children to stay away from them. Keep your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. You have been brought, bought with a price. Bring glory to your Lord through your body. Concluding with St. Paul's words from Romans chapter 12. Brothers and sisters, because of God's compassion toward us, I encourage you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, dedicated to God and pleasing to Him. This kind of worship is appropriate for you. Don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you will always be able to determine what God really wants, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. You see, like Samuel of old and Philip and Nathaniel, you are called to be different, to let your light so shine in the dark world. And Jesus says, because you love me, keep my commandments. You have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. God, let us live as children of light. And God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.